Show. Came through dripping. Came through dripping. Came through dripping. That was on my wrist they dripping. Eyes. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. First things first, let me get this out of the way. The puck was across the goal line. Matt Murray was interfered with, and Tom Wilson should have been penalized and suspended without question. And each of those plays had a big impact on the outcome of game two. The Penguins' play, though, was the biggest determining factor. I'm a bitch on this show. It's what I do. Just ask my wife. But I don't want Penguins fans chiming in left and right. Oh, it's the reason we lost the game. Oh, my God. We got screwed. You got screwed. It ain't the reason you lost. The Penguins have been behind by at least two goals in each of their last three games. They trailed by two against Philadelphia before Jake Gensel, Lemieux, Gretzky scored four unanswered goals to give the Penguins the series victory. Ovechkin made it 2-0 with 19.32 to go in the third period in Game 1 before the Penguins furiously scored three goals in 4.49. And yesterday, well, no such comeback was in the cards. The non-goal call made their comeback bid much more difficult to pull off, but it's not the reason they lost the game. The reason that they lost the game is they had a poor start again. Ovechkin opened the scoring at 126 of the first period. It was the second time in as many games that the team in black and gold had been down one nothing before the first two minutes had been played. That's not good enough. The Penguins have scored first in just three of their eight playoff games. The Flyers could have just as easily had the lead in Game 3 in the first round. Now, I've said this before. Playing a full 60 minutes is something that gets talked about by coaches and the media alike at this time of the year, but you just don't see it very often. No team dominates from start to finish unless they're that much better than the other team. And in the playoffs, you don't see it all that much often. In the playoffs, momentum can change at the drop of a hat. Teams are going to make their pushes. The Penguins have shown that they have an uncanny ability to come from behind. That's great. What's not great is that they rely on their Houdini acts far too often. I thought the Penguins were largely the better team yesterday for the final 35 minutes of the game. But they were down 3 nothing at that point. If you want to blame the brutal officiating, fine. That was a factor. But the Pens' poor start was the real reason for their demise. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Toronto did done screw up, though, peeps. How in the world did they not think that that puck crossed the friggin' goal line? If you say parallax, I'm going to spit in your eye. Parallax is a real thing. I get it. Mrs. Kennedy, my physics teacher in high school, was hot. So, of course, I remember her talking about parallax. What is it called? I was too busy looking at her. It's so ridiculous, though, that the only time you hear parallax referenced in sports is the day where the Penguins actually get effed. Enough with your parallax. Common sense is the way to go here. Prior to the view that shows the white, you can see the puck disappear behind the goalpost. Behind the goalpost. That's before you see white. So if you use your head and you see that there's white between the puck and the goal line after it disappeared, then there has to have been more white between the puck and the goal line prior to that point. You dig? The league office got it wrong, period. 
Mike Sullivan never says anything. Never. He never bitches. He never moans. He always says, just play. He says, I don't have comment. He never complains. And yet, he said it was 100% a goal. That's his quote. 100% it's a goal. And he's right. I also can't believe it wasn't called a goal on the ice. We can talk about parallax all we want. We can talk about reviewing it in Toronto all we want. And what that means and what that means and all that nonsense. But common sense dictates to me, if I'm the referee, that that puck's going into the net. Crosby's skating the puck into a wide-open net, and Hornquist pokes at it. Common sense tells you that Holpe didn't get across in time. Either way, you slice it, they got it wrong, and the Penguins paid the price. Just because I don't think it was the reason they lost the game doesn't mean I can't be mad about it. It doesn't mean you shouldn't get these things wrong for principle. How about the non-goalie interference call? I love hyperbole in sports radio. So let me give it a try. Brett Connolly whacking Matt Murray just prior to Verona's goal is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It wasn't necessary. He wasn't pushed. He didn't get forced into whacking off Murray. It was egregious. I've rarely seen something like that before. But the refs don't gun and let it go. And they say, good goal. Did Murray have time to reset and play his position? I think so. I think that's why they didn't rule goaltender interference. But that's flawed, too. And again, it's devoid of common sense. You'll sense a theme here in the opening segment. Not a lot of common sense going on yesterday at Capital One Arena. It should have been a penalty before the puck ever went into the net. When you whack a goalie, that's a penalty. When you smack a dude with a stick in the skate, that's a penalty. Forget him having time to reset or anything like that. They missed a penalty, a clear as day one, on the ice. Penalty, goaltender interference, play stopped, four on four. That's what should have happened. But upon further review, since they weren't going to say, oh, this is a penalty, they should have called the goal back. You shouldn't be able to get rewarded for that at this level. But if you're going to, hey, maybe the Penguins should go all Paul Bunyan on Holpe's crotch in game number three. Let's see if they call it then. So that's two things the officials got wrong. If you're scoring at home. How about the Tom Wilson hit on Brian Dumoulin? All kind of people got that one screwed up, huh? Tom Wilson didn't get penalized, and he's not getting suspended. He should have gotten penalized, and he should not be playing in Game 3. It was a headshot. That's really all that matters. Principal point of contact. The Dome. Ouch. What are- What the hell are we even looking at? The National Hockey League suggested, mm, the Department of Player Safety, pardon me, suggested that Dumoulin, in trying to get out of the way of Ovechkin, actually put himself in harm's way. So let me get this straight. Dumoulin's trying to avoid a headshot. He gets the headshot. And now it's his fault? If he doesn't move out of the way of Ovechkin, Ovechkin might be getting suspended or penalized. Now he moves, 
Tom Wilson should be getting suspended or penalized. Either way, Brian Dumoulin was getting hit in the skull. Uh, either way, Brian Dumoulin probably woke up today thinking, ah, we're still up one uh, one nothing in the series, right? He has no idea. It was a headshot. Should have been a penalty. Since it wasn't, Wilson's ass should be sitting for at least a game. Tom Wilson should never, ever, 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 ever get the benefit of the doubt. But he did here. Marshan doesn't. It's because he's a POS. He licks people on the face. He's a bad dude. If you're a bad dude, you shouldn't get the benefit of the doubt. Matt Cook did not get the benefit of the doubt because he was not a good person. Rafi Torres was a terrorist. The guy maimed people. Tom Wilson said yesterday that he got him high, but it was an action. No, it's not. Not going to buy it. You're not the guy who's going to sell me that you were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Not you. The repeat shoplifter gets caught walking out of Macy's with a shirt in their pants and says it was an accident. That person doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. If Zheng Ho Gong wakes up one morning and the police are out there writing him a ticket and his stupid Korean-made car, his Kia, is all busted up, And the cop says, hmm, we think you hit something the other night. And he says, oh, no, officer, I didn't. Must have just been hit in the darkness. Someone must have just driven by during the nighttime and hit my car. What do you think the cop's going to say? He's going to say, hey, Zheng Ho, you're familiar with this analogy, right? Three strikes are out. This is strike four. Tom Wilson struck out like 10 times in his career, and this guy's not going to get suspended by the league? And I realize I shouldn't get this worked up about a guy like that. I shouldn't get this worked up about the Department of NHL Player Safety because I should have known today when I woke up they were going to F this all up. But it does piss me off because Tom Wilson is scum. He's a first-round pick. A first-round pick who uses his powers for evil, not good. He's got skill. He just chooses not to use it. It's like if McCutcheon bunted every time he was up the bat. He's an okay player, but he played with Alex Ovechkin, and he played with Evgeny Kuznetsov this year, and he had 32 points. He's a waste of space. He sucks. He could be so much better if he was interested in playing the game and not interested in trying to chop the heads off of everybody he played against. Should be a shoo-in for a suspension. And they have that one up. I mean, this is the only player in the National Hockey League that if someone stubs their toe, he should get suspended for being in the vicinity. He should not get any benefit of the doubt. And yet, here we are, Monday afternoon, not suspended. And now I wonder, why would he stop? Last year, Sidney Crosby gets his head used as a freaking pinata by Matt Niskanen, who also threw a dirty hit in this game on Jake Gensel, threw his damn knee out. Ovechkin's whacking Crosby on the hand. Were either of them suspended last year? No. So this year, ah, sure. Why didn't Tom Wilson try to break Brian Dumoulin's skull? 
Why not? They're not going to do anything about it. Then they don't. And since he's such a piece of trash player anyhow, why not run player after player after player after player until eventually they do suspend him? And then I'm sure they can find some other minor leaguer to slide in there who could have scored 32 points on that line this year. And this all winds up being such an embarrassment to the National Hockey League on the national stage. The whole thing yesterday was a joke. You've got Crosby and Ovechkin, the two stars in this game that casual hockey fans can actually recognize. And it's all the nonsense surrounding it that people are talking about. Devontae Smith-Pelly was tripped. Nothing was called. Gensel was taken out by Niskin. And like I said, dirty play. Nothing was called. Nothing was called when Gensel and Wilson were shoving each other at the end of the first period. Nothing was called on the Wilson-Dumoulin hit. There was the goal that was called back, or there was a goal that was not called back, pardon me, on interference, and there was the one that was a goal that was not counted as a goal. Officiating's terrible in a lot of sports, but hockey's the worst. Any casual fan watching that game Sunday has to laugh at the ineptitude of the officials. And it was on the ice, it was back in Toronto, and then today it's the Department of Player Safety. That is the NHL hat trick right there. Embarrassing for the league and disturbing for real hockey fans and casual fans like Jason Mackey going to join us in seven minutes here okay. on the Crowley Show. With all that nonsense going on and with Wilson running around like he's a man on fire, the Penguins need to keep their composure. And for the first time in the Mike Sullivan era, I don't like what I've heard from the Penguins following a game. And it starts with Sullivan. He complained about the goal that was called back, and he said it's 100% a goal. When you blow it up, you can see the white. It's behind the post, end quote. Mike, you always tell your players to just shut up and play. You always say no comment in situations like this. Let it go, man. Move on to game three. Crosby and Latang also talked about how Tom Wilson does this kind of stuff all the time. They're correct, but I wouldn't have said it. They need to not let this frustrate them. They need to just play their game. Because Washington is not a great hockey team. They're good. Don't give them anything. Penn's got home ice after winning game one. They're in a solid spot. They should be happy right now. They just have to clean some things up first. Speaking of cleaning stuff up, a lot of people are crying about the way the Steelers drafted this weekend. Terrible transition by me. I'll live with it. I'm happy I had the weekend to sit down and think about the Steelers draft because initially I hated a lot of what I saw. A safety that was given a fourth-round grade by some, picked in the first. A quarterback in the third round when they've already got the best quarterback in franchise history? (gasps) Say what? My gut was to say I cannot wait to torch them on Monday. But I've used all of my torching powers on Tom Wilson. I do think the draft went a lot better than people will give it credit for. And we'll spend a lot of the 5 o'clock hour talking about it. Matt Williamson will join me at 5.20 to evaluate what the deal is with Kevin Colbert and the newest crop of draft picks. But coming up next, Jason Mackey hopefully can talk me off the ledge. So disappointed in this league right now. Tom Wilson, peace. It's the Crowley Show. The flowers are blooming. Birds are chirping. Everybody everywhere has a little more pep in their step. It's warming up, and there's work to be done. So come on, people, hop to. There's no time like springtime to stop into 84 Lumber to get everything you need to build that new deck or gazebo. 
Start now and you'll be able to enjoy your new project all summer long. Visit 84lumber.com to find a store near you. So, Brian, uh, did you see Infinity War this weekend? I sure did, man. You did? Yeah, I did. Oh, man, what'd you think? It was awesome, actually. You know, you know what was crazy? What's that? At the very end there, you know, with Spider-Man, oh, whenever man. they... He wasn't pushed. He didn't get forced into whacking off Murray. I have no recollection of saying that. Good on Tom there. Yeah, you said it. I mean, really, though? the hell's Connolly doing there? Ugh. Yesterday's game should just be burnt in an inferno so that nobody ever has to talk about it again. And least of all, the National Hockey League. That was a terrible display of officiating, and then it went all the way to Toronto, and then the Department of Player Safety today. Just a total gong show. Jason Mackey thrives in gong shows. He joins us now. He of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can check him out tonight. For along the boards, up at the Mount Lebanon Saloon, I believe, with good old Phil Borky. Maybe I'll go tonight. We'll be there, pal. We'd love to have you. Always a great show. Always a great time. Seven until eight, right? Yep. Yep. You got it. How many beers do you drink typically? Usually two. Mm-hmm. Um, I may have had more than that. I think my wife came to one. If I'm driving, though, you know, two over a span of two hours is not fair, because yeah, you got to have you got to have about a half hour of prep time, and then we we usually have about a half hour of a a post game show too. So I'll hold, you know, keep it keep it in the legal limit, pal. Yeah, that is important. Uh, it's also a profession, and you should be a professional, Mac. I can't believe you drink at all. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, you would never have a beer during a show. I ever. can't remember the yeah, last time prior to today that I haven't had a beer during the show. And of course. That <laughs> you haven't, okay. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you're also 110 pounds soaking wet. I mean, one beer probably does more damage to you than it does to me. That's true, and I've got a story about that to tell later on in the show. Uh, Jason, yesterday was a gong show. Uh, are there any? Are there any of the three controversial things that happened? Do you think that they got right? The the Murray goaltender interference, the headshot, or the goal that was a non-goal? No. Nice. No, I th- I thought they went over three. I I thought it was r- ridiculous. I thought it was one of the worst officiated games I have ever seen. Uh, not only that, I talked to a few people today who have been in hockey a lot longer than I have who agreed with that sentiment. Um, you know, I-, I thought the Wilson thing was especially pathetic. Um, what he was trying to do, uh, he he did. You know, he's going for Dumoulin's head. He got him, and not only did four guys on the ice miss it you have a second chance to sort of make things right with the Department of Player Safety. They don't do it because they don't care about concussions. Um, I just, the only one I could kind of be convinced on is the Murray goaltender interference. You could make an argument that he was able to like get back and reset and, and adjust to make the save, but he also shouldn't have to do that. But that's the one I could maybe be convinced on. That was a goal. I thought the Wilson hit was crap. And the the Murray thing was, you know, what it was. And you touched on it. I mean, it was just such a systematic failure. I mean, the whole thing from on the ice to then sending it back to Toronto to take a look at it. And then the Department of Player Safety today. It's just 
all been a disaster. And I, I do think that there were some penalties that were called both ways yesterday that, that should have been called as well. Uh, Devontae Smith-Pelly gets tripped, goes into the goaltender. I thought that was a penalty. I thought what Matt yep. Niskanen did, uh, sticking his leg out, it looked to me, on Jake Gensel uh, was a penalty. So I, I just thought yesterday was disastrous. It, it really was. And honestly, though, Adam, the thing that bothers me the most is the Wilson hit. I, I can mm-hmm. live with the Hornquist goal, no goal call. It, you know, you want to see an overhead angle. Okay, I get it. You know, the call on the ice was no good, or no goal, rather. I Like, I don't agree with it, but you're not talking about, like, somebody's livelihood or somebody's cognitive cognitive abilities. It, when When you have guys who have a history of doing this thing, running around and hitting people in the head, I mean, that is not taking brain injuries seriously. And this is from a league that denies that there's a link between contact sports and CTE for crying out loud. Like I'm all for playing, you know, rough and checking people and, and being hard to play against whatever cliche you want to attach to. But we're talking about the human brain here and there's not enough of an influence or it's not taken seriously enough. I should say, in the NHL right now, and that's what that Wilson hit said to me. There's no way that should be legal, and there's no way it should go unpunished in general. He's going to do it again this series. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, he's going to do it again next regular season. And think about it. I mean, why should Tom Wilson stop? Tom Wilson should run around and do whatever he can until somebody does something about it, but the NHL won't, and that's the crime. Do you believe in vigilante justice from the Penguins' side of things? I think you have to. Sadly, um, but I don't think it's smart for them to do that right now because, you know, tactically, if if they're going to engage in a physical game with the Washington Capitals, they're going to lose. You know, the Capitals are a bigger, more physical team than they are. I think the best thing the Penguins can do is walk away from it and skate, you know, and play a speed game. Now, do I think that there is room in hockey for somebody to be you know, around who can take care of that stuff? Yeah, I do. Uh, you have to play a little bit, but I think those guys are valuable. And, you know, I'm not saying I'd rather have Ryan Reeves in my lineup, but if your lineup decision is like Ryan Reeves or Carter Rowney, and it's like Carter Rowney in that last game, I wouldn't mind having Reeves around. I'm not sure Wilson does that. And if he does, it's going to end there. And I don't think it's going to end there with the Capitals. I think they're going to keep doing that stuff. Apart from all the controversy yesterday, and Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, joins us here on the Crowley Show, I do think that that's not the reason the Penguins lost the game. Uh, although, you combine all those things, and uh, you can make an argument that the Penguins would have been right there, certainly, if not have been the victors. But I think that they're doing themselves in with some of these starts here, Jason. I mean, this is three games in a row on the road where they're down two goals, and they've won two of them. I mean, that shows their talent that shows their stick uh, It shows the gusto and balls, but it also shows me that this is a flawed hockey club until they can figure out a way to come out and jump on a team early. Uh, they need to be able to do that against good teams like Washington and moving forward. Yeah, uh, I think there's uh, some truth to that. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with flawed hockey team. I, I think that's a you know, maybe too serious of a statement. But have they been bad in the first two first periods of this game? Yeah, absolutely. I thought Sunday was their worst period period of the of the postseason. Yes. They were so sloppy with the puck, and um, you know, and that, that's why, like, I'm not comfortable saying they're flawed. I think they're just kind of 
lackadaisical sometimes. You know, it, that, that's a controllable thing. That's a, an effort and concentration sort of thing. I don't think they're unable to play a, a clean game. They just, they're having some issues right now uh, with that sort of stuff. And um, I do think it's very important for them to start off better. I mean, you can't count on coming from behind every game. And right now you sort of have the advantage of playing against the Capitals, and I know they didn't come back on Sunday, but, man, it, it sure felt like they could have. If they would have gotten one when it was 3-1, I think the Caps would have tensed up a little bit. But Oh, Jason, yeah. I don't think there's a doubt about that. And uh, just since I'm on the radio right now and I have magical radio powers, I'm just going to say it. If they score that goal, if they count, the Penguins win. How about that? Yeah, good for you and your magical radio yeah. powers. And, and for cutting me off for droning on. But, no, I, they're not <laughs> going to get away with that stuff against Boston and Bay, if I know that. Yeah, no, and that's a very good point. My God, those two teams right now. Uh, Boston just... The sick mitts on Pasternak, but we'll get to them later, perhaps, if they're able to win this series. And I still think the Penguins are going to win the series. In fact, for everything that I've said, for all the gong show nonsense that happened yesterday, for the fact that the Penguins haven't scored the first goal in three games on the road, they're still coming back to Pittsburgh after the split. I I think that they would have taken that for sure, and I think they've got to be pretty confident with where they sit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, that's the funny thing, talking about poor starts. You know, they've had whatever poor starts and haven't scored the first goal, but they have won uh, what, two of their past three on the road up until uh, Sunday. They were they were on a nice little streak. So, uh, yeah, I think it's important to take kind of a wider picture view of this one, Adam. I, I think that, you know, they shouldn't be freaking out, but at the same time there are some areas that they need to clean up and address. And um, I felt like, again, their third defense pairing could be a lot better than it was. I think they need more scoring from some key sources. Um, cough, cough, Phil Kessel, Derek Broussard, mm-hmm. Connor Sherry, Ryan Rust, um, some guys in their sort of middle six. They need that. You need to get Malkin Hagelin back and, and get some guys back from injury. But again, they're not, they're, they're not in a difficult spot here or not in a terrible spot, I should say. Uh, I think that depth scoring is a problem, but I don't think it's that much of a problem whenever you get Hagelin and Malkin back. Now we'll see when Hagelin yeah. does come back, but it just trickles everything down, and really your second line now becomes your third line, and I think Washington is largely a two-line team. If the Penguins have a third line that is centered by uh, Derek Broussard uh, and their second line centered by Evgeny Malkin, I feel like the trickle-down effect in terms of their depth scoring is going to be improved greatly, and especially that fourth line's been trash. If you put... Riley Shane down there with Zach Aston Reese, I think that changes things too. Yeah, it changes things a little bit. And another reason why I think it's important to get lines other than Crosby's line going. And I mean, the Capitals are pretty good defensively in their top two pairings, but you look at that third pairing and you have Juice and, uh, and Orpic. I mean, my goodness, that should be a field day for the Penguins yeah. if they can get a, a, a Derek Broussard and Phil Kessel third line out on the ice against them. And the last change at home, they're going to get that. So. I think that that sort of ramps up the importance, but it's it's important nonetheless for the reasons that you're talking about, Adam, to get some more secondary scoring. Phil ain't right, is he? Well, he ain't playing right. You know, I I, I have to believe that if he's in the lineup, he's healthy enough to play. Um, and at, at that point, you should be graded um, equally. I don't think you should be given a pass, but he hasn't been good. He, he just hasn't. I, I tweeted out some numbers a little bit ago, and um, to me, the biggest issue with Kessel isn't, you know, I'm not looking at his back checking or his 200-foot game or something like that. Just shoot the darn puck. 
You know, if he's got to cut cut corners in every other area of his game, I don't even care. He's just got to shoot the puck more than he is, and he's not getting the opportunities. And I don't know whether that's because of his line or how he's feeling health wise, but they need to find a way to get him some opportunities for sure. Last couple of things here for Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Do you think that Malkin plays Game Three, and what are you sensing about the timeline from Dumoulin? and from uh, Carl Hagelin, given what we've seen some players have in the past with the non-contact injury. Uh, right, Jersey, right. pardon me, sorry. Yeah, I know what you meant. Yeah. I know what you meant. And and I do think it's kind of strange. Hagelin, I, I would put, I'd maybe put a doubtful tag on um, just because he's been out a little bit longer. Um, Dumoulin, it's weird with Dumoulin because normally with a concussion you would want to see the guy come back and then take contact and respond appropriately. Yeah. Um, but it was it was weird that he took line rushes and, and did those drills today. Um, you know, it almost seems like there's an expectation that he's going to play tomorrow. I do think Malkin's going to play. I don't think he was that far away in game two. Um, it was just a, you know he he wasn't going to be absolute hundred percent, and I think that was an important thing to him and the Penguins to not come back at eighty. Um, so I think Malkin plays. I think Hagelin doesn't. I think Dumoulin's kind of the wild card, but. If you made me give a straight answer, Adam, I'd say I think he plays. Jason, your thoughts just on the series so far? It's been so weird. Uh, I I would say that the Capitals outplayed the Penguins in Game One, if I really thought that, but I don't. Uh, Penguins won the game, obviously, but you know Washington talked about bounces for Pittsburgh, and yeah, they had a lead going into the third period. But apart from Holtby, uh, the Penguins did everything well. The Capitals did well in that game too. Uh, the Penguins had just as many scoring chances as Washington. Just so happened that one of theirs uh, snuck through, and one of Washington's didn't, and that's why they won the game. And as for yesterday, I-, I thought after the first twenty-five minutes, the Penguins played pretty darn well. You asked me a question like five minutes ago, and you keep talking. That was bad. What are you doing? That was really bad by me. What are you me. doing? I know. I I, I, I kind of lost myself in the middle of it there. I don't know what Sorry. happened. Oh boy! No, I better I tell Borky that he's got a feisty guy coming to meet him at the saloon tonight. Oh, I can't! I can't pull that crap, Borky. No, just give me like a left cross to the head. I'll be I'll be <laughs> knocked out. I gotta behave myself with Borky, but I can I can give you crap. No, Borky will be the one giving it to me. But no, I, honestly, and when I think about this series so far, is that. Like, I I don't know what I think. That's what I think. You know that we've just seen everything. I don't I don't think there's been any sort of discernible trends right now. Um, you know we've seen Braden Holtby stand on his head and then for a five minute stretch he's not very good at all slash terrible. Um, we've seen Dominic Simone look like you know the second coming of Wayne Gretzky and then he can't put put the puck in the back of the net. Um, the Penguins have gotten crazy production from the top line and nothing from nobody else. Anybody else? So, I just there's a lot of like incompletes here. Is I guess the way I would look at it. And you know, we've only played two games. I, I do think that what Game Two did for me to change the series is I think we're going to have a series after Game One. I sort of worried whether this thing would go any more than four or five, and now I'd be surprised if it go, didn't go at least six. I, I just think you know I underestimated the fight left in the Capitals. I think a lot of people did. Uh, but we should be in for an entertaining, uh, I would say, you know, four or five games left here. Well, to that point, uh, no heart left in the Capitals, Jason. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened had the Penguins scored that goal. Uh, had, oh, absolutely. I mean, dude, dude, I was I was in the building, man. Three one, and it was like beginning to look a lot like, you know, 
that feeling they get in Washington where they know it's going to all come apart at the face. Jason, appreciate your time. Uh, sorry for the long-winded questions. Uh, make sure you don't give Borky the business tonight. Maybe I'll see you up there. Always fun, pal. Come on up. Be good. Right, I'll see you. There he goes, Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can catch him tonight from 7 o'clock until 8, right here on ESPN Pittsburgh for Along the Boards. It's a damn good show. I love both dudes who do it, Borky and Jason Mackey. Coming up next, I've got some breaking news as it relates to the Steelers, and it's like a 20-minute major. It's what they should have given Tom Wilson, 20-minute major. In fact, they should have given him a 65-minute major. Five minutes for the hit in the game, and then 60 minutes of suspension time. I teased the next segment like five minutes ago. Maybe Mackey's on to something. It's a Crowley show. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. It pains me greatly to say this, but the Steelers have released safety J.J. Wilcox. What? I know, Wilcox. J.J. Wilcox. Gone. What? Tom, do you remember him playing at all last year? No, I thought he was already gone, honestly. Very good. Steelers will save $2.5 million against the salary cap. He was getting paid about 3.1. They bring in the other safeties in the draft. I think... They're just going to flood the field with safeties. And instead of inside linebackers, it's going to be safety here, safety there, safety here, safety there. I really feel like that. That's what they're going to do. Big safety, small linebacker. So many people talked about how Ryan Shazier should move to safety. Well, now, Steelers have a bunch of big safeties. Nickel, dime situations, you're going to see him on the field. Get to that coming up in about 15 minutes here on the show. Matt Williamson will join us at 520 to give his thoughts on the draft as well. I did something on Twitter yesterday that I think unlocks all kinds of new potential for me. I think I have a line on how to get a bunch of Twitter followers. It's the easiest thing ever. How? how? When the Penguins didn't score even though they (laughs) scored, I just took a really grainy screenshot of my television Zoomed in on it and then tweeted it out and said, I'm wondering how this isn't a goal. And I got 400 retweets and 544 likes. That's all you got to do. Just appeal to the Yinzer. It was a case study and my friends, Crowley won. That's it. I won. I'm going to do it for every game. Every single game. Any call that goes against the Penguins, pause it on my TV, zoom in, tweet it out. I gained 45 followers yesterday in like 20 minutes. Penguins fans needed another Penguins homer to follow, and they found me, the guy who hides behind the grainy video. And even though there are clearer ones out there, I had to go with the grainy. It's the Zapruder approach. It is exactly that. Go grainy, baby. And then you have the Capitals fans chiming in. You can't see anything. That could be snow. It's so grainy. So I appeal to the inner Penguin fan, and then you also get the Capitals fan all pissed off. If I sent the clear one out, Capitals fans would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, it's white there. But if it's grainy, they can argue snow. How about Braden Holpe? He covered the back of the net with his mitt. 
with his glove hand so that you couldn't see the overhead view. It was a great move by him. Best thing I've ever seen him do, Braden Holtby. So if you learn one thing from today's show, it's if you want more Twitter followers, send out grainy pictures of things that go against your favorite sports team. It's time to get pucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go to the box, you know, uh, you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. This is the 5-Minute Major with Adam Crowley. Where that secondary scoring, though? Broussard's got three points. He's supposed to be a playoff performer. Riley Shane's got three points. Carl Haglin's been dead. He's only got three points, but I'll leave him out. Brian Rust has three points, and Sherry has two points, despite getting great scoring chances every game. Connor Sherry pisses me off to no end. And when I said that, Brian and Tom's heads just started looking like bobbleheads. The guy walks in on goal, right? He's in the slot. And then all of a sudden, the puck turns into a bouncy ball. I don't know what it is. It's like he is Mario Lemieux for 14 seconds, and then the closer he gets to the net, he turns back into Connor Sherry. It's like he's got these magical powers that between the slots, he's great. And he starts walking in on goal, and he's awful. That line's been creating. Unfortunately, they haven't been getting the job done. And at a certain point, you stop saying things like, that line's been creating. If they're not going to capitalize, they're dead to me. If they're not going to capitalize, they're not doing enough to win the game. But I do think that the secondary scoring is going to correct itself a little bit with Malkin and maybe Haglin back in the lineup. Broussard's line becomes the third line again, and the fourth line can be less of a freaking sieve with Riley Shahan down there. Anybody else want to shoot Carter Rowney into the sun? Am I allowed to say that? I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's just not good at all. I don't have to go in the locker room. I can say whatever the hell I want. He just he stinks. And my buddies all say, well, he can kill penalties. So can I. And get in the way of the puck. He can win face-offs. So can Josh Joris. Put Joris in the lineup. Carter Rowney. Woof. If your fourth line is Tom Kuhnhockel, Riley Shahan. And Zach Aston Reese, I feel pretty good about it. If it's Tom Kuhnhockel and Carter Rowney and Aston Reese, it's a hole. They're getting, they're just taking shots the whole game. They don't get any pressure. Awful, bad. And then there's Dominic Simone, who is like Connor Sherry Light. Uh, he had so many scoring chances in the first game and couldn't capitalize. He had a terrible turnover that wound up leading the goal in game number two. They need better from the bottom of their roster. And again, with Malkin and Haglin back, and who knows when Haglin will be back, but Malkin should be back in game three, the trickle-down effect will be good. It'll be okay. But here's a statistic for you. In fact, hey, Stat Pat, what do you got for me here? Yet Crosby's line has accounted for 14 of the last 18 goals the Penguins have scored in the playoffs. 15 of 19, if you include the goal that wasn't. Thank you, StatPet. It's great that they're performing well. But the Pens need the rest of their depth to be better. I was concerned about the depth without Malkin, Malkin and Haglin. In fact, we'll call them Malkin. Before the series, I wrote a piece on ESPNPGH.com. Now... 
The Penguins need more from the bottom stick. Chances are great. Broussard, Sherry, and Rust are getting them, but scoring is better. Do we have a whistle? I don't know what we're doing. There we go. That's my fault. The defense has scored, though. If you're looking for... Well, okay, now. Uh, I look like it carried away with the whistle. You asked for a whistle. Uh, we were going to use it to separate topics. You should know better. There's more that I should have asked of Tom in the show meeting. I just dumped a whole heaping pile of nonsense on Tom during the last break. And now Tom's killing me with this damn whistle. Latang's <laughs> got eight points. Dumoulin's got six. Schultz has five in the playoffs. Schultz always seems to come through in the playoffs. Latang's been great. I know there have been some bumpy moments, but he's played really well. While the Pens haven't had depth scoring from their bottom six, the defensemen are doing a really good job of helping the Penguins out in that regard. The Penguins are in big trouble without Dumo. He's been playing more than 20 minutes a night. He's been the team's best defender the last two years. Without him, Hunwick comes in. He was really good against Washington in the playoffs last year, but he's no Dumoulin. Latang's going to have to play 30 minutes tonight without him. Good sign, though, that he came today and practiced a little bit, albeit in a non-contact jersey. I'm never the guy who wants to be the I-told-you-so guy, but I told you so about Phil Kessel. I called Phil Kessel being hurt like a month and a half ago. Phil Kessel took a whack, slammed into the boards, and then didn't go to practice the next day. And since that moment, Phil Kessel has not played at the level he needs to play at. He should have sat at some point during the season. He wants to tell all of his haters to F off. I get that. But he's been atrocious the first few games. He had a 40 Corsi percentage yesterday. He's a passenger right now. They need him to be better. Need him. His production has fallen off a bunch since when I suspect the injury happened. And the Penguins need depth scoring. But he needs to hop on the train. Here's hoping he can heal up. And he should be doing what Oshie's doing and missing every damn practice and skate. What's the most egregious thing that happened in yesterday's game to you, Tom? Was it the... The no-goal. The no-goal? The no-goal call. The no-goal pissed yeah. you off the most? It had to. I mean, you could clearly see the white in between the red crease and the puck, but I guess, like Capitals fans said, it was just snow. Uh, Tom, the crease is blue. The goal line is red. Stop being such a dum-dum. What about I, you? I goal for sure. Myself. You think goal? Yeah, it's on the table. I want that goal. The game goes differently. I agree with that, but... I never want to see a guy's brain get turned to mush, and when it does, I'd like to see it get penalized. Or I'd like to see the guy get suspended. And if the Penguins go on the power play there, maybe things change at that point, too. Either way, they screwed up so many damn things. And speaking of the power play, it's been awful this series. Awful. They haven't had a goal. They had the best power play in the entire National Hockey League. They played well in spurts against Philadelphia. There's no Malkin, which is large. But you still have Sidney Crosby, Patrick Hornquist, Chris Letang, Schultz, Kessel. Kessel's the GOAT yesterday uh, in terms of the power play. 
They're trying to run it through him instead of running it through Malkin, and he fumbled the puck left and right. He's forcing passes through the goal mouth. Mike Sullivan with an extra day of tape might fix some things, and getting Malkin back will help, but dear God, he's been atrocious. Coming up next, the Steelers' draft is better than you think. It's Crowley Show.